Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Generation of Wrestling Podcast. As always, is yours truly, the 26-year-old piece of gold, the franchise, aka the showstopper. And with me, as always, I got my tag team partners, my family, my brothers, me familiar. Introducing, first up, he is the human encyclopedia of wrestling, the flawless phenomenon. Joe knows everything. Flawless Joey V, how you doing? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah, he mad. He big mad. Put your big boy jaws on Cheddar Bob. Next up, across the way, as always, he is a he is a common coach. He is Teddy Pendergrass, aka Mr. One, Two, Three. Pin that ass down, K Breezy, better known as Tuco Kimbro. Bro, how you doing? Man, I'm good, man. Kind of mad we, we got to redo this, but it's for the culture, so we good. Hey, man, for the culture, for the culture, and for Mama Flawless. Mama Flawless, we love you. Hold it down. All right. Uh, K Breezy, man, lead us off, man. All right, man. So we pick up, man, from last week where the brutal beat down from uh, Orton to uh, Edge. Uh, I, I got to say, guys, man, I like the way Orton came out. I mean, it was it was like uh, I think Flawless has said it before. It's classic Orton. It's just him being that slow, deranged, kind of methodical kind of dude. That, and and he spent most of the time just trying to figure out what to say. And every time he got ready to say something. The Utah crowd, man, which was in full effect, sold out crowd. They were just giving it to him. They, this was almost like, uh, and I think Flawless said it when uh, we talked about uh, it was the Roman Reigns when he beat the Undertaker, and that next Monday night on Raw, he just got booed the hell out. Flawless, man, what did you think of this promo from Orton? Even though he didn't really say anything, but how did it make you feel once it just happened? All right, thank you, Future and Papa Doc, for letting me talk. All right, so, <laughs> uh, I liked it. You know, even though like he got hell of a heat when he came out, and even when like he was gonna do his pose on the ropes, he didn't. You know, like the crowd was just booing him, and he was soaking it in. You could just tell, and it was just like the sadistic side to him that I haven't seen in the past since, for like since two thousand nine, two thousand ten, for the past. 10 to 11 years, the sadistic Randy Orton who just doesn't care who will attack you. This is the fight I've been waiting to see. He's not been the same, you know, in the past couple years, but now that they brought the Randy Orton that I know back, kind of like the legend killer Randy Orton, but, you know, with the sadistic side, I like it. Can't wait to see where they go from here. Franchise. Yeah, man, I'm going to kind of second what Flawless said. You know, we back. You know, Randy... He's kind of one of those guys, man. You know, he kind of get the big show treatment almost. It's kind of like you he's a face, then he's a heel, and you kind of really don't know what he is. Right now, you got the rated R superstar Edge. He's been gone for nine years. He's back. Clearly, you know, a fan favorite. You know, the, the pop he got at the Rumble, you know, that proved that. And, you know, Randy by default, man, no matter what you did in that situation, no matter who you are in the situation, you know, having the Edge, and you're going to be a heel by default. Um Kind of like we said yesterday when we you know we discussed it initially, uh, Randy, he's just one of those guys, man, where he can do it all. And he didn't even say five words, and yet he got the biggest, loudest boo, you know, of all the heels that night. So I'm like I said, I'm really looking forward to see what they do with Randy. Now it's just going to be okay. How do we continue this story with Edge being out with Orton? And, you know, you got two months to kind of play with it. So how are you going to further this along? Are you going to have them going back and forth each week? You know, is Randy going to face jobbers? Kind of, you know, where do we go from here? But overall, man, I love the great job by Randy. 
for sure, for sure. Uh, definitely interested to see where it goes and where it takes off uh, forward, you know, leading up to whenever Edge decides to come back. <clears throat> and, um, you know, set. I mean, of course, we know they're going to fight at WrestleMania, but, you know, when they make it official. Uh, next up, we get a promo for the triple threat number one contendership for Brock Lesnar's championship at Superstar Showdown. Uh, it's going to be Ricochet versus Seth Rollins versus, uh, I'm sorry, Bobby Lashley. I got to say, kind of pumped that Bobby Lashley's, you know, getting this opportunity. I wouldn't mind seeing him go up against Brock. That was the whole point of him coming back, that he wanted the opportunity, man, to, to really get a true uh, championship-type run. You know, let him, let him show, you know, and then some people will question, you know, how good he is, but it's nice to see that they're actually trying to push him in the right direction. Uh, next up, man, our first, I guess, official match of the night was Lana versus Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan won. The best and uh, part of this whole little match was that Ruby Riot returned to the ring. And franchise, I'm going to bring it to you, man. How do you feel about Ruby Riot's return and, of course, her obvious uh, <laughs> heel turn to Liv Morgan? I mean, you know, when Ruby uh, first came back, it's been a while. Uh, she had that double shoulder surgery. So to see her come back. You know, she she was a, a a fresh a breath of fresh air for the women's division. You know, on Raw, uh, you had Charlotte, you got Natalia. They kind of run through everybody. Becky running through everybody. Now, you know, you have the recently returned Liv Morgan, and now you have you know um, Ruby Riot as well. Uh, I'm glad that they brought Ruby back, and the first person she's going to feud with is going to be Liv Morgan because you know, obviously, Liv and Lana they try to get that over. In the ring, it didn't work so much. So now you kind of really get to see what Liv can do with an established competitor and somebody she got history with uh, and former teammate Ruby Riot. So I'm excited, man. I'm really interested to see how they push both these women uh, going forward. Flawless. Uh, I wouldn't call it a heel turn because Ruby Riot's always been heel. Okay, but good it point. Was, but it was a breath of fresh air, you know, to see her come back from that shoulder surgery. She's been out for a long time she was rumored to possibly come back at the rumble but i think this was perfect for her to come back especially with uh Liv morgan getting the victory over lana in the former and live being a former member of the riot squad and it feels like ruby attacked her because Liv changed her look because when Liv before you know Liv had the riot squad look and now she changed her look so I'm wonder, So I'm looking forward to see what Ruby has to say why she attacked Liv, but I'm not mad about it. Could there be a possibility that this could lead to her returning to the Riot Squad, or does Vince have it set that this is her new character going forward? Hmm. I think I don't see her returning to the Riot Squad because why would you change your look just to change your back? It wouldn't. Right. It wouldn't make sense. No, good point. Good point. All right, man, guys, we get the 24-7 champion, Mojo Riley, going up against the number one contendership, the 2020 Royal Rumble winner, the man of the hour, Drew McIntyre. Guys, man, this guy's just Drew is on fire. The guy's coming out. He's cutting great promos. He's entertaining. I mean, he's he's making the bro kick. I mean, not the bro kick. I'm sorry, wrong guy. He's making the claymore. Uh, just he, he's making it an, a, 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 an exciting finisher to see. Like you want to see guys get Claymore. And 
you know, he, he was just so on fire that he forgot he was even having a match with Mojo Rally. <laughs> so flawless. I'm, I'm going to bring it to you, man. Uh, <laughs> I know we, uh, we talked about the 24 seven championship and <clears throat> trying to, <clears throat> excuse me, make something legit of the championship and the person that's holding it. Uh, how did you, I, I know how you feel about it, but explain why maybe you didn't like the fact that he took a loss the way he did. Uh, considering we already considered that title and that person, you know, he's bottom of the barrel. He's already lowest of the low. Uh, the championship really don't mean anything, but maybe there's something they can build off of it. So how did you feel about everything, you know, what happened? Well, I mean, I, you know, I liked it. You know, it's not like that I didn't like it. You know, like I like Drew's whole promo, how, you know, he's talking. He's like, oh, shoot, Mojo, I forgot you're even here. Like how, like, you know, I mean, I know you guys were saying, like, hey, man, maybe this could build Mojo Wally, make him, you know, make that title look legit, you know. And I said, you know, no, he's never going to be that kind of person, you know, that that wrestler and that, I mean, you know, the character, you know, he, he already hit it. He's already hit his peak. And, right. you know, he tries to make the 24-7 look serious. But my thing is, like, how Drew took him out so fast in less than three seconds, three seconds. It just proves to what they still think of the 24-7 and Mojo as a whole. And you know what? I was kind of thinking, like, man, wouldn't it be funny if they did Brock Lesnar like they did Daniel Bryan with Sheamus at WrestleMania? Like, just a Claymore kick right off the bat and pins him for the title? Mm. <laughs> I could I could I'm, see that I'm, happening. I could see Brock being arrogant, but... Uh, th- for that to happen for me, I, I have to see what the buildup is to for them to build up Brock's uh, arrogance. Because, you know, Brock, you know, maybe he's not looking at Drew like that. Like, he doesn't contend with him. Maybe he can actually, you know, this dude might actually do something. Let me actually kind of size him up and see what he what he's all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, franchise, your thoughts? I mean, you know, the match was what it was. Drew Claymore kicked his ass, and that was it. As far as Mojo, I was one of the people, you know, flawless, that uh, thought that maybe with Mojo winning the 24-7 championship, it's like, okay, you know, maybe they're using this as a stepping stone to possibly do something with him. But once again, as flawless said, you know, I think he hit his peak. I don't, I don't really think there's anywhere else for him to go. You know, you got some guys that are just destined to be jobbers. And, you know, if this was a decade and a half earlier, man, he would be part of the job squad. So, you know, uh, it was what it was, man. I don't see the title stand on him much longer. I'm curious, though, maybe I, – I don't know. You know, he got his offensive lineman. What's the dude's name? Uh, Riddick Moss? Yeah, I think so. I can, I can possibly see him turning on Mojo. But other than that, I really don't see Mojo holding the title for much longer. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's be honest. Uh, the 24-7 championship is the championship of jobbers. That's the jobber championship. That's the, So uh, anything that really happens to them really isn't to be really, for me, not to be overlooked. But, uh, you know, hey, it is what it is, man. <laughs> it's reached your ceiling, like y'all said. Next up, man. Uh, we get uh, the the uh, Monday Night Messiah and his disciples, uh, Buddy Murphy, AOP, and they're talking about their match, you know, they're getting ready for and and what, you know, what uh, Kevin Owens and the Viking Raiders need to be worried about and, and which pretty much sets up the six-man tag match, elimination tag match that we got. Uh, guys, 
how did you feel about the way the Viking Raiders went out in this match? Because I didn't like it, uh, <laughs> especially when uh, I believe that was Akar, the big guy. No, that's not. No, that's AOP. Uh, what's the big guy from uh, Viking Raiders? I, I, uh, you're talking about Ivar. Ivar. Okay, yeah. I, it's hard trying to keep it up with all these dudes' names. Uh, I didn't like the way he ran into the LED board. Like, just I understood what he was trying to do, but it was like it was an unnecessary thing. Like, you didn't really have to do that. But I kind of hated the way they kind of, you know, sold or told their way of how they got eliminated from the match. Uh, uh, franchise, I'll bring it to you, man. What did you think of the match overall, though, even though the ending of it was a lot better? Uh, what did you think of the match? I mean, overall as a whole, I like the match as a whole. Uh, like you said, man, you know, the, the whole Ivar thing, you know, that was to me a little hokey. Uh, I didn't feel like, once again, like you said, that spot was necessary. But, I mean, you know, not to be nitpicking, overall the match was good. Um, I Like we talked yesterday, I didn't realize at the moment, you know, it was an elimination match till the match kept going after they got eliminated. So, I felt like overall it was a good match. I felt like KO looked good. And, uh, you know, I just didn't like the way it finished with uh, – who was it? Uh, Razor, I believe that was. They, I think, actually picked up the pinfall. Right. But besides that, man, the match was good. I, I really had no complaints. Uh, flawless. Yeah, uh, I didn't know. I'm with a franchise. I didn't know that the match was elimination until, you know, they, until people started getting eliminated. Like, when the Viking Raiders started getting eliminated, I'm like, oh, shit, okay. This match is still going. But, yeah, I'm with you. The way they went out, man, it felt like, uh, man, like the Viking Raiders were the tag team champs, and once they lost it, they're getting the revival treatment. <laughs> you know? <laughs> man. It feels <laughs> like that. And uh, I don't know what they did or what's going on, but, yeah, uh, man, you built them up so big, and now you make them look so small. But. I mean, I did like KO going against all three, you know, Buddy Murphy and AOP, you know, the disciples of the Messiah alone. Um, I thought they would give him the victory, but I guess you got to give the disciples a victory. And I didn't like the way KO got pinned. I thought it was kind of weak in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. Um the overall match, good match. Uh, just just a few things they could have did differently and better. Uh, next up, guys, man, we get Ricochet cutting a promo, talking about his number one contenders match. Uh, next up, we get Alistair Black coming out to beat the crap out of Eric Young. Man, how Eric Young has fallen. There was a time where Eric Young was a guy, he was always a kind of comedic, you know, wrestler. You know, sometimes you couldn't really take him seriously. But, boy, when he became – the leader of the world elite in TNA and kind of put on this heelish kind of more mastermind kind of role. You saw something different in him. And and then he comes to NXT and he's the leader of sanity and he's this crazy wild dude that he's become. And it's awesome. And, and you see, you know, you see the genius in him. And now he's, he's getting the hell beaten out of him and getting his nose broken by Alistair Black. Flawless, man, it's your boy. I'm gonna come to you with it. Uh, with Black's promos, with the way he's talking, with the way he's acting, with the with the way he's just doing everything now, do we see this just being Black really eager to just fight, or is this him becoming a heel? I don't think it's becoming him a heel. I think it's more he wants a fight. Like, I think he wants better competition is what he's trying to say. 
Uh, you know, I mean, there's not much to it. You know, I don't know who he's going to feud with. Maybe he can continue with Buddy Murphy. But, you know, I don't know. You know, they're, like, in a flux with, like, injuries and all this stuff, you know, like, on Raw right now. I don't know where Black goes right now. Um, I would hope Andrade, once him and Carrillo are done with their feud when Andrade comes back, all right. only time will tell. And I want to talk about Eric Young for a minute because it's kind of funny, like, how he was – you look at him with the insanity. He was the leader of sanity. You realize the leader has fallen to shit and everybody else has become up. Like, look at Nikki Cross, tag team champions with Alexa Bliss. Uh, Killian Dane doing his own in NXT. Alexander Wolf, part of an Imperium. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, and it, it is crazy because outside of Nikki Cross, the other two are doing something worthwhile on NXT and NXT UK. Like, and being a part of Imperium, he's part of one of the most dominant groups in NXT UK. And Killian Dane has just been going around just fighting everybody and just brutalizing whoever and whenever. So the, it is awesome to kind of see them be these kind of badass kind of characters and, you know, to really show off how good they are. Uh, it's sad that Eric Young couldn't be more utilized. Uh, the, the guy is a character. Like, the, he's good at what he does, and he can go in the ring. He can damn sure handle himself in the ring. Uh, I wouldn't call him a greatest. He, he's like one of those Christopher Daniel type guys. Like, he, the guy's just got great moves, and he, he can sell stuff. So it is disappointing to see him be a, just a backstage producer, but he's at a he's at a point now in his in his career and his at his age that you know he he didn't he didn't hit his peak in TNA. It, it, he won a couple of championships, especially the uh, world championships. So he you know he has that, but uh, yeah, his WWE run was was very very limited to just NXT, and then that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh. Where were we at? Oh, yeah. So next up, I want to I talk about this next thing that happened. So we get another surprise. And franchise, I want to come to you with it, man. We get <clears throat> Herbero Carrillo in the ring. He's waiting for an opponent. And the opponent that he gets is the one and only from NXT, the former NXT cruiserweight champion, Angel Garza. My man, how did you feel about seeing Garza show up to kind of take the place of Andrade? <laughs> while he's out for his 30 days. Well, you know, <clears throat> it was a surprise. Like you said, you know, he's from NXT, uh, former NXT Cruiserweight champion. You know, and he didn't have the title surprisingly long. Um, like you said, Andrade, he's out for 30 days. But damn, man, Selena looked good with my boy, uh, Andrew Garza. As far as the match go, man, the match was pretty good. The, the, the match was good. I think we all can agree that we we're a fan of his finisher. The, what is it, the Wayne Clipper? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, it, it's something about Garza. You know, he got the look, he got the sway, he, he got the he got the moves. I just, you know, I'm I don't think he's ready for the main roster just yet. So I'm assuming maybe this is like a one off or you know just a little brief thing while Andrade's out. But overall, man, the, the dude is dope as hell. I'm a fan. I love it. Um, I want to see where they go with this, but more importantly, I want to know what they're gonna do with the guy after the fact. But I love the the push the Latino superstars are getting, especially with Rey Mysterio kind of being at the helm of it, putting guys over. Flawless, man. What are your thoughts on uh, this angle with Rey getting DDT on the outside after the match? Like him and Garza have a pretty – it wasn't a 
it wasn't a, a five-star match that Ray and Andrade have been having, but it was a pretty good match. I, I give it a three-star match uh, for a first-time match. What did you what, – what do you see happening now that uh, Ray caught this DDT on the outside by Garza and, you know, possibly, you know, everybody that's get this DDT, they, they seem to go away for a couple of months. So <laughs> – what, what what are we going to get, you know, maybe possibly coming up? What do, Or what at least you think might come up? Um, I like how Ray put over Garza. Like, he's been doing that to a lot of the younger Mex- Latino, you know, uh, wrestlers. And, of course, you know, it's like a homage thing, you know. I'm going to put you over, you know, like how they paved the way for me. I'm going to pave the way for you. It's a respect thing. Um. With this, with Ray getting the hammerlock DDT on the concrete, uh, to be honest, I think Ray may be done with WWE because I think his contract's coming up. And I think he's going away or maybe leaving altogether. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't even think of that. I, I thought he had uh I thought he had re-signed for another year or so. I didn't realize his contract was coming up too. Uh, so that that will be, be kind of interesting. To see. I could be wrong, but I thought it was so. <laughs> well, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> oh, sorry about that, folks. Uh, still fighting a little bit of that cold left. Uh, what? Um, well, oh, sorry, I forgot my question was. Uh, what do we see of Garza and Andrade? when Andrade comes back, do you think there'll be an issue or, you know, will it be okay? Cause you know, Garza's a heel, he's a heel. So, you know, that he beat up, you know, Carrillo and, and uh, Ray. So he, maybe he won't have a problem with it. Do you think maybe they'll possibly set up something between those two guys or like franchise says, Garza's not ready yet for the main roster. So it'll just be a one-off and that'll be it. I think Garza's up there because Andrade's out for 30 days. So Garza's doing NXT and Raw, and I think once Andrade comes back, Garza will go back to NXT. Okay. Franchise? Yeah, same. Kind of give him that Chelsea Green treatment, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Bring him up, show his face on the main roster for a little bit. You know, and kind of see where it go. But I think ultimately, man, he's got a lot of unfinished business uh, in NXT, especially with that Cruiserweight Championship. So, you know, I think for now, he's just a place for for Andrade. And like I said, man, it's a good look on screen. Him and Zelina Vega, I dig it. But I don't really see this becoming nothing long term. I don't really see them doing anything uh, of real value with him right now. Hmm. Okay, cool. Next up, guys, man, we got the queen herself, Charlotte Flair. As she comes down and she talks about how, you know, she's ha- she's been the Raw champion. She's been the SmackDown champion. She's been the NXT champion. Uh, she's beating Becky Lynch. She's beating Bailey. She's beating everybody. And <clears throat> as she's running off these, you know, uh, 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 accomplishments that she has done, and you know, rightfully so, uh, we get a surprise, another surprise. You know, uh, we get Rhea Ripley, the NXT champion. She comes out. She shows up, and she reminds Charlotte Flair that she's already beaten her. That Charlotte's never beaten her, and that you know. She's confident that not only can she still beat Charlotte again, but she'll beat Charlotte again while defending the NXT championship. Mm-hmm. So, uh, flawless. I'm gonna come to you with it, man. With Ripley having a victory over Charlotte on an episode of SmackDown and at the Survivor Series, 
clearly this is going to be WrestleMania, big, big, big main event match. Uh, we've seen Charlotte win against people that we know she should have probably uh, have not won against. You know, she should have lost to Oscar. She should have probably lost to somebody else. Do we see that happening with Ripley or will Ripley make a name for herself and, 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 and win and retain her championship? Uh, I see Ripley cementing her legacy with a victory over Charlotte at WrestleMania. And it's crazy because if you go back, you know, to that SmackDown when Ripley pinned Charlotte in the triple threat and when she pinned her at Survivor Series, it kind of like planted the seeds, you know, like the seeds have been planted for the past couple months. It's just that we kind of forgot about it, you know, because we weren't really thinking of NXT title at WrestleMania. But now it's starting to make sense, even though they haven't announced it yet. They're slowly building towards it. But I don't. Right. But you know, I I think Ripley would win at WrestleMania. I oh man, I'll tell you this, man. If Charlotte goes over, there's gonna be a lot of heat on that. But um, uh. I don't see her winning because I don't see her going back down to NXT. I think that would be like a demotion for her. I think she should stay on the main roster because she is the queen. She probably will go right. down as the best of all time. I know a lot of people will not like to hear that, but it probably will be the truth when she does retire. So I see uh, her passing the torch to Ripley and having Ripley get that signature victory, especially over Baszler and now the Queen. Mm. Uh, franchise. Same question. Goddamn, Joey V, man. Hey, look, my man hit it right on the head. But I have a little bit, a wee bit of change of opinion. Um, depending on how they build it up to some, not oh shit, something slap wrong part of the year. Uh, depending on how they build it up to WrestleMania, I can see Ripley getting the victory over Charlotte at Mania. However, you know the sixteen-time woman. Well, let me see. Charlotte has won that. Uh, I'm, I said 60 I'm, I'm thinking of the record they're trying to have her break. I was going to say I could see her winning it probably after WrestleMania, but she's already won the NXT Women's Championship, so never mind. There would be no need for that. Yeah. So now that I think about it, yeah, man, I see uh, Ripley kind of like Flawless said, man, in the passing of the torch. I honestly don't see Charlotte really having that many more title defenses coming up. I mean, dude, she's done it all. You know, I think she's been on the main roster with four or five years now, and she's pretty much done more in that time than a lot of women have done in their whole entire career. So, yeah, man, I definitely see Ripley getting the win here. And uh, if she doesn't, man, it's going to be it's, it's, it's going to be a riot. Yeah, most definitely, man. That's going to be a <clears throat> it's definitely going to be a negative impact for uh for WWE. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, man. So next up, man, we got uh we got Bobby Lashley cutting a promo about the number one contendership match. Uh, you know, not really much of a mention of Rusev, which I, I didn't really have a problem with. Uh, he really didn't talk much about Lana. He just really talked about why why he uh came back to WWE and uh kind of harped on it a little earlier. Um, and like I said, just kind of looking forward for him to get a, maybe a possible opportunity of Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. I know me and Flawless was really big on that because, you know, and I know you remember two franchise because when Bobby Lashley was first there, you know, he was really an up and coming guy. He was he was fresh. He was new, you know, and he could he can kind of go in the ring. He wasn't he was still green. He, he wasn't the greatest wrestler, you know, but 
the dude had a, a nice worth ethic, uh, worth work ethic that uh, really got him uh, noticeable. Uh, he just unfortunately some things didn't happen and he ended up leaving. Uh, flawless. I'll, I'll come to you with it. Um, <clears throat> this number one contendership is the your, your, the possibility of Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Real quick, uh, how much would you and do you want to see it? And what are some of the reasons why it may not happen? Uh, I want to see it. Uh, why it might not happen? <sighs> Man, I don't know. Maybe Brock doesn't want to face Lashley. You know, I mean, it could be that. Uh, maybe Lesnar, probably Lesnar, I'm guessing, probably has no interest in, you know, facing Lashley. Like, he just sees, I think he sees no point, you know. I think he sees, like, no money or whatever in it, you know. Uh, it's probably Lesnar's thinking backstage. I can understand that. Uh, so, guys, we get, um, I'm sorry, we get uh, Oscar coming out. Uh, franchise. Uh, we get Oscar versus Natalia. We get uh, a pretty. It wasn't a beautiful match. It was just. A, it was just a brutal match. Like these two really just kicked and punched and and slammed and clotheslined the hell out of each other. Like they really hated each other. Uh, uh, I'm 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 sure that's something they worked on. They probably like wrestling each other like that because they can kind of just kind of go a little harder than most women matches are. But I like the match. Like this was this was a different type of a woman's match that we normally would get when we have good wrestlers. What is your thoughts on this match, man, overall, Natalia versus Oscar? Well, you know, you see, we say, you know, Charlotte, who probably go down in history, is probably the greatest women's wrestler. But, uh, I mean, you can't sleep on Natalia either, man. She's got a hell of a legacy. You know, she's from that Hart dynasty, that Hart family. As far as Oscar goes, she's one of the best. Um, like you say, it wasn't the prettiest match, but, hey, you know, at the end of the day, it was about that grit. And Oscar, man, she delivered some stiff ass kicks um, and strikes to Natalia. And you know, she showed it at the end. You know, uh, on her social media, man, she got a little shiner to kind of you know show off. Um, I liked it. It's like you said. You know, it wasn't your typical women's match, um, and even typical men's match for that matter. You know, these women really went at it, man. They really showed. You know. They more than just pretty faces. They went out there and they threw them things. So, overall, it was a good match. Could have been a little better. with was sloppy at times. But, I mean, overall, man, I liked it. No complaints. I want to see Oscar and Natalia probably shake it up one more time, man. Flawless, before you go, when I say <clears throat> a typical women's match, you know, I don't want folks to think, you know, well, what is what is a regular, you know, what does that actually look like? This this right, is right, what right. I uh, – this is what – the women's matches that we want to see look like these, these are the type of matches we want to see. We want to see two women, you know, that's really passionate about their craft and go out there and, and put on, try their best to put on a good show and not get the Barbie, uh, lame move, Lana type, you know, Kelly Kelly type, right? Like we're, we, we don't want to see that. So, you know, but when I say, uh, not typical because this wasn't like a, uh, this wasn't like a, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte or Bailey or somebody like these two, you know, this wasn't just your typical uh, technical match. Like they really, they really brutalized each other in this match, and it was just kind of different. So maybe I should have said well, different. Well, well, you know what, and and, and, I, and I'm gonna have your back on this one. It, it didn't feel like it was two women wrestling. 
you know, it felt like it was wrestling with two women going at it. And it's kind of like you said, you know, it was a little more aggressive. I mean, you know, let's, let's call it what it is. Let's call a spade a spade. You know, some of the women matches are structured a little differently as far as aggressiveness uh, compared to a lot of more of the men's matches. But this one, it felt more like a fight. And, you know, mm-hmm. it really felt like the real deal. So I, I, I get what you were saying. Like, absolutely. Because, you know, to me, half the women, especially in NXT, they are, if not equal, even better in the ring than a lot of the men. So I don't want anybody to think we meant anything by that whatsoever. Oh, yeah, most definitely flawless, man. Get, let's get your thoughts in here. Uh, I liked it. You know, it was two veterans that know their craft can go out and put on a good match. Hard hitting, like Oscar's kicks to Natalia in the face, man. Like, oh. Those are some stiff kicks. I mean, whew, man, I, you know, it's like there's a, I mean, you know, there's, you know, there's an old saying like, hey, man, if you stiff me, I'm going to stiff you back. And that's a warning. Because that if, if you do it again, I'm going to stiff you, you know, something's going to happen. And Oscar, man. Right, give, 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 give that receipt back out. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's old school wrestling 101. And, uh, you know, just to let you know, like, hey, you know, it's going to happen. So. Uh, yeah, Oscar's kicks were stiff, but I liked it, you know. It, I mean, it was like a good women's wrestling match. Two girls that put on, you know, I mean, something that we, I mean, we haven't seen Natalia since the Rumble, and we haven't really seen her before then in a while. So it was good <clears> to <throat> see them, two veterans, go at it, and I liked it. Hey, question. Would you What's guys, if, if Vince gave you a million cash right now, we're talking no taxes, no a million cash right now, would you take two stiff kicks from Oscar? Hell yeah. To the face? Uh, yeah. I don't want to take it nowhere else. <laughs> Shit. I don't want to take it in the face, but it's a cool meal. I, I gotta, I'm going to have to take that one. <laughs> hey, My man. If I, get, if I get two black guys and a million dollars, I'm happy. Right. I, I'll heal up. I'll heal up. Shit, that million dollars going to help uh, pay for some uh, some surgery. So I, if something breaks, so uh, I'll be good. I'll be good. <laughs> right. Right. One of the two. <laughs> but I'll heal up, so I- I'll be all right. Oh man! All right, man. So uh, next up, as Oscar got the victory over Natalia, we got the man Becky Lynch coming down. Uh, as Oscar, Oscar had pretty much called her out, you know, after she got the victory. Uh, so Becky comes down, and she's got this kind of goo kind of provider about herself, and she basically comes down and she kind of contradict herself a little bit talking about how Oscar was ducking her, you know, which, you know, I don't recall Oscar ducking her for a championship. Like Oscar came out and basically came at her, but they, WWE didn't necessarily put Oscar in the position to face Becky Lynch. So, you know, some of what she said was kind of contradicting, but it later led on to her, you know, giving Oscar another opportunity at the championship. Uh, Guys, we see a bigger picture for Becky Lynch, obviously, but uh, is this uh, another just victory for her to get, or is this a setup for something else, or does Asuka actually get the victory uh, and win another uh, Raw championship? Uh, I'll go to uh, Flawless with it. Uh, I don't think Asuka gets the championship. I think it's a... I think Becky and Oscar are fighting again because Becky doesn't have no one else to go against. So they're going to do Oscar again. So, I mean, I guess it, it makes the most sense, you know, like who else are you going to have her face? Like, 
Charlotte's, you know, pretty much going after Rhea, you know, for WrestleMania. So, I mean, so they got to do something. And, you know, I mean, I didn't mind the promo by Becky, you know. Hopefully it's a submission match. I would really, I, you know, I really want a women's submission match again. You know, I like, I think, you know, Oscar Lock, the disarmor, it makes sense. So it'd be nice. Yeah, that would be kind of nice. I haven't seen one of those since uh, Natalia and Flair on NXT. Uh, franchise, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't think uh, Asuka's going to get the title, uh, but I do. I think she's going to get the win. The reason I think that is because there are a lack of women for her to fight that she hasn't already fought. Uh, talking about Becky Lynch. I can actually see this being like a best of three. You know, Lynch got her win. I can see Asuka somehow. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me see. Nah, nope. Because then if she get the win, that means she get the title. Nope. Well, she can get the win, and, and, and well, I, I can't see somebody coming out and beating up Char- uh, uh, Oscar and causing Becky Lynch to loss. I can't see that. I mean, unless Kyrie. Yeah. But that, yeah, I, I can't. That's, see that's that. what I was thinking. Like, I, I can see her getting a win, like off of like a fluke. But even still, I don't really see anybody that has an issue. Would come out, and hit her. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, nope, never mind. All right, yeah, Becky win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got you, I got you. All right, guys, man, let's get to this main event, man. Um, triple threat match again for the number one contendership to face Brock at the Superstar sh- uh, uh, Showdown in Saudi Arabia in three weeks, two in weeks, whatever. Uh, <clears throat> guys, this this match was actually pretty good. Um. It was it was pretty good. It, 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 it this was a consistent raw show. It had you know a little time filler matches, and it had some good stuff to watch in between. Uh, I like that the uh, disciples came out to help uh, Seth Rollins. I felt like it was the right thing to kind of happen. You know, it was a triple threat match, which means there's no DQ. So you know, there was nothing. You know, Rollins loses in this match. He you know he gains by them <clears throat> coming out and jumping everybody else. Uh, we get Kevin Owens who comes out and he basically lays waste to uh, Buddy Murphy. We get Akam. No, not Akam. Ah, I keep thinking of AOP. Uh, <clears throat> we get the other half of the Viking Raider, uh, the other one that wasn't injured, uh, Ivar or uh, what's his name? He's on uh, Roe. Roe. Yeah, well, Roe came out with Kevin Owens and he had a chair and they cleared the way of uh, the disciples and we got the rest of this triple threat match, which turned out for Ricochet to get the victory, though we were hoping for Bobby Lashley because, <clears throat> you know, kind of just to see that matchup. It'd be something new, something different, kind of something we want to see. Uh, franchise, what are your thoughts on Ricochet pulling out the victory to go face Brock for the WWE championship? And where do you see with every uh, the other two guys possibly doing after this? Uh, you know, now that they're not fighting for the championship. Well, you know, one, the fact that Ricochet got the clean pin on Bobby Lashley. No, that was dope. I, that was good booking. We kind of seen, we kind of figured, you know, if they didn't go in the Lashley direction, that Ricochet would have made the most sense given his history with Brock Lesnar at the Rumble in the weeks before. Uh, I still somehow, some way, I don't know how, and, and maybe I'm trying to, you know, think too much ahead of it, but some way I still see possibly Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Now, my thing is, I don't think it's going to happen at Mania. 
I think they're going to do something towards SummerSlam or later in the year. Mm. Like, I, I I don't know, man. It's, it's just a thought because, I mean, even the fact that you put Lashley in a triple threat to possibly face Brock, you know that that's what the fans want. The fans don't want to see Ricochet and Brock, but you're going to give Ricochet to Brock because Brock wants that. But you know, you know that's a dream Master fans want. And just it's little subtleties, man. And like I said, maybe I could be reading too much into it, but the wrestling fan of me, man, and, you know, just what I'm going off of, I'm calling it. If it's not going to happen at SummerSlam, it's going to happen by the end of the year. If not, next WrestleMania. Flawless. Uh, As Ricochet get the victory, we get Brock Lesnar, who – for the record breaking six week in a row showed up on a Monday night raw to give Ricochet a F five before the show ended. Uh, how hyped are you possibly for this match? And where do you see, again, I'll ask you again, like I asked for a franchise, where do you might possibly see Bobby or Seth Rollins moving forward uh, after this match? I'm about as hyped for this match as I am for a cricket match. <laughs> not hyped at all. I understand why they did it because uh, Ricochet and Lesnar a couple of weeks ago on Raw before the Rumble and then at Rumble when Ricochet low blowed him, uh-huh. you know, right before Drew eliminated Lesnar. So, and you know, we're we always say Lesnar loves working with the smaller guys. Um, so it made sense for Ricochet. I mean, I want me personally, I wanted Lashley to get the victory. But when when they announced, you know, the triple threat, and I was looking at the competitors, I said, okay, it wasn't going to be Rollins because we've seen that. You know, mm-hmm. they weren't going to have Rollins get destroyed by Lesnar. I said, Lashley, no, they probably won't. Ricochet makes the most sense because of those things I just mentioned. Where do I see Lashley and Rollins going from here? I see Rollins continuing his feud with Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe when they come back. You know, right. still being the Messiah with the disciples and doing that. Uh, lastly, maybe he continues with Rusev, but we haven't seen Rusev in a couple weeks, so I don't know. Uh, uh, how about Lashley versus Alistair Black? Maybe you know, put the two at it. Ooh, mm, I didn't think of that. That would be that would be kind of a, a a different match for Black. He would have to really strategize to really go up against a guy like Lat Bobby. Hmm. That'd be interesting. I I, I, I like that. Franchise, uh your oh, did I go to you? I yeah, you I gave my thought. I, yeah, I, I gave my thoughts on last name Ricochet, but I did neglect to speak on Seth Rollins. I see like uh like Flawless said, I see him continuing the uh the whole Messiah gimmick. At first I said, you know what, I didn't really see um the I don't even know the, I don't even know if his group has a name yet, but I don't see him and I didn't see him and Murphy holding the titles for long. I'm actually kind of second guessing that man. I'm thinking they might just hold the titles at least through Mania. Um just because I don't really see anybody that's gonna take the titles off of him right now. Huh. Yeah, uh right for me right now, I'm just calling them the, the disciples. Uh they're the disciples of the Messiah. That that's 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 who they are, man. Uh, I think that just fits them. Uh, <laughs> so, so, it's, so it's gonna be separate disciples. <laughs> the, the, the 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 Messiah and his disciples. That's 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 the group. That that's who they are. Um, 
guys, this is the end of the raw review. Uh, like I said, a pretty decent show. Uh, it, it, it wasn't bad compared to last week's last week was a better ending. It was a more just, you know, especially after the Royal Rumble, the show was pretty good, man. And you, you, you can't really follow up what you did the week before. You could just try to continue to tell the story. You told a good story with Randy Orton in the beginning. Um, it really, you know, like I said, you, you can do so much with so with with less. And he, the less he said, the more it got over. And uh, you know, pretty decent show. Uh, flawless, my man, my guy. I need those ratings for this ep- week's episode of Monday Night Raw, sir. <laughs> All right. This week's Monday Night Raw viewership did a 2.1. Ooh. Damn. Damn. What did they do last week? Like a 2.4 or something? Uh, 2.5? 2.4, yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't really no big game on or nothing like that. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, hey, I don't, I don't know what's, I don't know what's up with Raw, man. Uh, maybe it's the the less of the cable subscribers or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> SmackDown seemed to be killing it. Yeah, bears. All so, right, man. Some, get some goddamn geriatrics, man. All right, man. Or something, man. I, it, man, they need to go to sleep before <laughs> they need to wake up. Or something. I don't know. They, just, hey, they, know, they need to go to sleep earlier and wake up and, yeah, and watch the show. Yeah, you know what? I'm excited for. I just saw a trailer that on the network. They're doing a docu series of the ruthless aggression era. Mm, I like that. I want to see that. Yep. I actually like that era. That wasn't a bad era. It wasn't a but. It wasn't a bad follow up to the to the attitude era. Because they definitely had a quite a few guys that really made that really work, but uh, man, I wish they get out of this damn PG era and get it back into the TV fourteen at least. <laughs> uh, can you? Uh, you know, it's funny. I'm watching the trailer. You know, I was watching the trailer for the Ruthless Aggression era, and you got like <laughs> Batista, Orton, Lesnar, Cena. You're like, damn, <laughs> you know, like whoo. the uh. The Sheldon Benjamin and Charlie Hoss, man. You yeah, know, the, Team Angle. Right. You had Los Guerreros. You had Benoit. You, I mean, SmackDown Six. Man, Edge, uh, Ray, you, dude, Undertaker. <laughs> man, ah, oh, Kurt Angle, man. You had Shawn Michaels coming back and just being what he was, man. Just, yeah, so many, so so many great guys, man. So much great talent. Uh, so. So here's some bad news about that. It's funny you say go back to TV 14. So Vince McMahon actually had a conference call. It one of the things they talked about was what Flawless said earlier, uh, off air about the whole you know them possibly moving the pay per views off the network. Another mm-hmm. thing that Vince said was that you know WWE does not feel like they need to try to keep up with AEW as far as content. They feel like they will be just fine sticking with the PG content. They feel like they don't need to be edgier. And they don't feel like they need to go to that TV 14 rating. He said he feels confident with the main roster's TV product and NXT's product that that should be enough to go against AEW as far as ratings and viewership. Uh, oh, he know. Oh, now he knows what NXT is. Oh, oh shit. Hey, Look at that. Hey, I'll say this, man. <laughs> After watching AEW on Wednesday, I don't even feel like AEW's TV 14. I feel like they're rated R after that show. Especially the ending. I was like, holy shit. 
Okay. Yeah, they, they, they definitely uh they definitely tiptoe over that line <laughs> a lot oh, of times. Oh, hold on. See, I, I, I didn't even see it. I think right now, where am I stuck hey, at? Uh, did st- you see it? No, I ain't see it yet. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get on it, okay. you know, so we can get this, so we can get those two shows in. I will in. tell you this, man. You might shed a tear, man. You might feel sympathy. Wow. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah, I'll check it out. Okay. All right, guys. Well, uh, any, any parting words before we exit the podcast? Anchor, don't 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 play us this time, man. Let, let let this ride out so we can get this posted. We gotta get we gotta keep it moving. Hell yeah, man. We were gonna finish this podcast, but then anchor got high. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for tuning in to another episode, man. I'm the twenty six year old piece of gold. He's too cold, he's flawless, peace. Bad boy for life. Doses.